Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. As director of South Dakota CEO East, Sadie provides business advising and resource guidance to aspiring and established entrepreneurs, offering innovative ways to think about their business by helping them discover new ideas and fresh ways of looking at current problems and roadblocks. As the previous community outreach manager with Downtown Sioux Falls, she's worked with a variety of small businesses and knows the importance of each founder's challenges or successes. She's excited for the opportunity to extend her knowledge and enthusiasm to serve the entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs on their journey. It sets her soul on fire to empower, connect the vibrant business community across the state. She's participated in programs such as Leaders of Tomorrow, Leadership Sioux Falls, Leadership South Dakota, and was honored with winning 605 Magazine's 2022 Best Champion and University of South Dakota 2021 30 Under 30 Award. She enjoys attending local theater, eating one delicious meal, volunteering at community events, singing karaoke, traveling to new places, and celebrating life with family and friends. Sadie, welcome to the art of seeing clearly. So I guess let's just start and like fill us in a little bit on your background. Like where did you grow up and what, what does your career path look like to get to this point? Sure thing. Yes. Well, I grew up right outside of Sioux Falls in Hartford, South Dakota, so very proud uh, West Central Trojan, but I had very strong roots with family, friends there, but really fell in love with small town community. And, you know, I thought Hartford was a small town in South Dakota. It is. It is. But also, you know, we went to Sioux Falls for a lot of stuff and went to Sioux Falls for groceries. My parents worked in Sioux Falls. 
but really expanding my horizons into learning about South Dakota and other small town experiences, but really mm-hmm. fell in love. I loved growing up in Hartford. And that took me to my journey with a college at the University of South Dakota. So people so, might be booing at that moment if they're listening or oh, some people might be cheering. Yes. I'm, I'm, cheering. I'm, I'm on the sidelines mm-hmm. though. I actually oh, to go okay. to Wesleyan, so. That's okay. We love the South Dakota schools. Yeah, yes. South Dakota schools are awesome. There we go. Yeah. I went there four years, got a degree in communication studies, marketing. And at the time, this is a thing, social media marketing. Now, when did you graduate from high school? 14, 2014. 2014. That's really when social media was starting to also yes. take off. Because, you know, 2010, it's such, like they were really just starting to take off. So that's a very interesting combination. Yes. And I think very valuable, I would think. Oh, yeah. For where you have been and where you've come. So tell Absolutely. us about it. Yes. So went to USD, uh, loved my time there as well, but really fell in love with public relations and wanted to reach out to places that had very, very good experiences or very, very good insights into what it's like doing public outreach. And so taking one step back in high school, we all did job shadows. And my first job shadow was with downtown Sioux Falls and Brian Manor. And I stayed in contact with her all throughout my time in high school, college. And then so when I graduated from college, I was looking for a job and I did an internship with downtown Sioux Falls through that networking connection. And they had a position open up. And so I started there at downtown Sioux Falls and really started off doing admin work. So I was answering phones, answering emails, but also using my degree. So I was doing the social media, updating and doing the website, email newsletter marketing, writing press releases. So it was a little bit of everything, but also a great glimpse of how an organization runs and how to talk about an organization for my first job outside of college. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Which leads you, so you were there for several years and you most recently transitioned into being the director of the CEO East Women's Business Center. Yes. So that's about, it hasn't been quite been a year yet. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about, uh, let's tell us a little about that world and the why behind it. Yes. So I got connected to this Women's Business Center when it first came to the scene. And I met with the previous director and we had a lot of shared values, vision, wanted to help women, wanted to help women in the entrepreneurship world. Did you meet with her? No. Oh, why? I'm going to like, oh, why? What is your like, what's your why behind that? So what really is digging deep into my core if they could see Sadie's face and her passion while she's just talking about it, I mean, it just lights up. So I'm like, I had to interrupt her and ask like immediately, like, why? Yes. I mean, and I'm I'm digging, I'm digging this answer out of just my core right now. And so I am drawn to this because I love helping women. I think being a woman and finding that unique experience and the connection with others of how do I become more independent? And especially with that lens of business ownership, how do I become more independent and confident within myself to say, I have a good idea. I can do this. I can navigate these really maybe challenging areas like small business finance or personal finance or marketing or operating product service division. So 
I love helping women and I love helping women in that lens of small business ownership. How did you know that coming from downtown Sioux Falls that you already love that? How did you figure that out? You know, like I, I'm figuring out this vision for myself so I can help these women of our of our state and our city. How, where did that knowledge come from within you? Like, mm. that's it. Well, with downtown Sioux Falls in the position I was in, in the time growing in responsibilities, I was able to have so much more direct contact with business owners. And what I've been noticing as well, if you walk around downtown Sioux Falls or now I'm learning many other Main Street areas in South Dakota, you're going to find, you know, yes, yes, you're going to find so many of those brick and mortar places, retailers, restaurants, they are either owned by a woman or they're ran or managed by women. So going through downtown Sioux Falls, going through the pandemic in that, I really learned what it was like being a woman and owning a business, even though I I have not owned my own business. And that's those experiences that I've been able to carry with me to this next position as the director of a women's business center for the east side of South Dakota. That's phenomenal. And was that a brand new like chapter or brand new thing? So you're not coming into a somebody else's role or taking it from you're like this is a brand new step. So how's that been going for you? Ooh, ooh, Dr. Tendler. Uh, so yes, so this center opened in August of 2021, okay. but I became director in July of 2022. Okay. So like you said, it hasn't quite been a year, yeah. but I've been saying I've never resonated with a small business owner more because it's a, its own startup organization itself. So it was just me at the start. Now I have one other team member, but that means you're wearing a lot of the hats mm -hmm. and you're learning a lot of processes. And we are hosted through Black Hill State University. Uh, yes. 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 And we are federally funded by the Small Business Administration. So working with the federal government and grants and reporting and just all these different things. So it has been a lot of opportunity for growth, but I asked for it. I knew that that's what it would be, but it that that resonates with me on, you know, you you seek, and I think this is just you from the the little bit that I've been able to to glean about you, like reaching for opportunities. Mm -hmm. You don't run from them; you reach for them, and that's a really amazing trait of a empowered female. And no matter, I think, what you decide to do and where this this next role takes you, I mean, that's just going to drive you through the next several chapters as well. So I want to commend yeah. you for what I what I see there. Thank you. And, yes. And it's really about what you said, empowering. And so that's our mission is empowering women and propelling economic development across the state. And even through those hard times, that's what we're all about. And the quote that has been getting me through some of those challenging times is Theodore Roosevelt said, nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. Nothing in worthwhile in life comes easy. And through the tough times, through those hard times, through the challenge, the growth, that's when you become your best self. And I've had more growth in the last eight months than I think I've had in a year. Example of some sure. good challenge that you, you know, like, hey, we face this, we're, or maybe it's not over yet, mm -hmm. but it's, give us a 
example absolutely so organization is going through one thing on the high level on a higher level is this is a two-person team that is new and our service area is the east side of south dakota (laughs) and i will even say this it's the east third so mitchell mitchell to the east north south Mm -hmm. and just general awareness so hey we're here and you know dr tenler when you were starting your business did you know about all the different resources and things that were available so i absolutely did not and as i was as i was researching for this at the women's business center i was like well wouldn't this have been nice exactly exactly type of a resource so how do you get that word out that you're here available and you've got two amazing partners black hill state as Mm. well as the sba Mm. helping out as well yes and in addition to that there's so many other resource partners like the small business development center grow south dakota there's the Paulson Center up in Madison. There's multiple satellite locations for SBA or the SBDC. And so I'm even learning all those things. But what we do and what we are really good at is we have an effort just to do some outreach right now. So we've been to Yankton. We've been to Madison, Huron, Watertown, Brookings, Doing what? Pier meeting with different folks, meeting with women business owners, working with folks who might be connected to the SBA in some sort of way, chambers, economic development folks, just having some information exchange, but saying, hey, if we want to potentially have an event, is this something that your community may be receptive to? I think of one community They have a really strong organization of women, lunches, leadership, things like that. So they might not be the best fit for us right away, but we can still partner with them on some things. Mm -hmm. Then there's another community who is hungry, hungry for what we do and what our services are. So that tells me, hey, we need to be working with this community more. So just one-on-one creating relationships helps with that awareness piece. Wow. Wow. Yes, that I think that's the first step is just getting the, you know, word out there that you're here, you're va- available. What and how, I should maybe say, how do you inspire? So the women that have come to you mm. for your help to help start and start their businesses, how are you and your team inspiring and helping lead them through this process? Mm-hmm. Well, so the Women's Business Center, our two main functions are one, the free confidential business advising. So just one-on-one appointments. And then the other part is programming, events, trainings, workshops. So on that first part, business advising, it's probably my favorite part, just talking one-on-one and saying, hey, what's your dream? Can we make it happen? Where are you at? Have you created a business plan? Uh, Do you have your LLC? Is this, a, is this even a business idea? Are you thinking about a business or a nonprofit? How are you making money? I mean, those are just questions that I ask in these meetings. How did you learn and to so, ask those questions? I will say we've been given a very good structure, outline, intake form from the SBA, but we've also made our own edits. But I would say getting to your question of inspiration mm-hmm. I've been seeing and noticing that women just need somebody to say, hey, yes, it's okay. 
you can do this. This is a good idea. You got this. It almost makes me teary-eyed. But to have somebody who who has that, as I started out in my own business, it was it was somebody who didn't give me advice in any other way, but who looked at me and was like, you got this. You can do this. And so to have that person when you don't think that you have anybody else mm-hmm. in an organization like yours or in you yourself, I think is extremely powerful. Honestly, I remember in my first couple months in this role, I made that phone call and made a call of, can I just talk to you for a second? I just need somebody to talk to. And just to hear, you're going to be okay. You got this. You can do it. Means the world. So I ne- I needed to hear that too. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we're inspiring women. And then with our events, we had an event for Women's History Month in March. And it was literally called the Empowerment Panel Luncheon. And we had over 90 women attend that event. And it was a panel of women. We had a person from Jefferson, South Dakota, who is one of the only female brewery owners in South Dakota, little town Jefferson. It's right next. It's just so south. Of, yeah, yeah. And then we had the moderator from here on South Dakota. We had Inca Bodwan, who owns Swamp Daddies on the panel. We had Natasha Smith, who works at Sanford. She is on the panel. She was on the panel and So just some great individuals, but I think it was really necessary and it really shows that there is an audience who wants to go to places to be inspired, to be empowered. So that was our second event that we had and there's over 90 women. That is absolutely amazing. So congratulations on that and getting the word out. Um, So how do those events then help the actual business owner who's in that startup Mm -hmm. stage? Yes. So with those empowerment events, I think it connects to what we talked about of you can do this. Things might get hard, but you got to keep going, keep that grit. And then on the other side, we will have different events, workshops, technical assistance that will be more focused on women who do either own a business or want to own a business. And that's going to look like, hey, we're having a marketing workshop for small businesses or we're going to have one and it's talking about funding for small businesses. Oh man. And like, that's, that's a big worry. Cause I think a big worry is always, well, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for staff? How am I going to have rent? What do I need to do? Like, those are some big things. Absolutely. And one portion too, I want to mention is there's a West women's business center and that's based out of Spearfish. They just did a webinar on making your first hire. How do, how do you make your first hire? And they said it was very, very successful online, free webinar, still available today. But it, it, they, even just something as simple as that, people are hungry for it. I could see, you know, no matter what industry you're in, I don't care if you're opening up a restaurant, a boutique, a, a brewery, a medical office, all mm-hmm. of those, we, like these same concerns, like transcend any industry specific it's it, it, they, they are the same concerns for all of us mm-hmm. how do we hire what does an employment contract look like what do what am i doing well it sounds good and i got it from google you know hoping <laughs> hope to rework it and make it our own and that we're that we're doing so these are the same worries concerns i don't again whatever your business is going to be mm-hmm. hmm. but really need to have that kind of a resource what uh what's a lesson that you've 
learned from working with women leaders in general? The One of the biggest lessons I've learned is the definition of imposter syndrome. And uh, you're shaking your head, yes. But if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, that is something where people who are mostly qualified for what they're pursuing, what they're doing, they are qualified for it, may on the inside feel as though they don't deserve it or they don't deserve that position, that success, that seat at the table when they are absolutely qualified for it. And so you feel like an imposter. And that has been one of the biggest lessons I've seen with women business leaders. That they continue to think that way, even though they are doing these amazing things. Yes. Do you think that? I, when I learned it, it was a very earth shattering moment for me. And so I believe I'm getting better at it, but I think I still have those moments of, Sadie, do you really deserve to be on this podcast? But I think that I've done a lot of self-internal work to get better about imposter syndrome specifically. How do you ask that? Because let's be real. Yeah. I think if anybody was going to be real, we all have that at certain moments. There are, I mean, so absolutely. And you have to take a step back and turn your mind, kind of like warp your mind a little and say like, no, that is not correct thinking. You're anxious about this, you're this or that, but it doesn't mean you don't deserve to be here to do that, to um, be on this board, to go speak at this event. Exactly. Yet, yet you hear other people do things and you're like, oh, they're so amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so, you know, this, this, this person is fabulous. I'm nothing like that. You know, so like, yes, what you think about yourself. So, so I don't think it changes. I think that we just go through different segments of life and different challenges. But if you're already thinking that like at, you know, at your age, hey, I'm trying to change my mind mm-hmm. to change how I think, you're already gaining power. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already gaining power over that, that imposter syndrome, you know, fear that something that something's putting in your head that's not really real but you're gaining power just by recognizing mm. it in, in my thing and, and I, do you do you feel do you, have you run into men who have ever you know admitted that they feel that they have imposter syndrome Ooh. i can't say that i have at this point but i will say i think they're oh i have a tough time speaking just about men because that's not my lived experience <laughs> But, you know, I think they have this freedom that they know it might not need to be perfect. It can be done. And I think there's a pressure of it has to be either perfect or it has to be so good for women. It has to be above and beyond. Mm -hmm. But I really liked what you talked about when you said imposter syndrome might be something you never really get over, but you have those tools. You have that mindset of, oh, pause. I'm having those thoughts again, or I'm thinking that way. Let's take a let's take a breath. I think for me, what has helped a lot is positive affirmations or speaking those things out loud. I have a sticky note in the mirror, and it's those things that I just need to tell myself in the morning, or if I'm having a tough day. Yes, and I need to I need to start the day off with those mirror messages, and that's helped me a lot with imposter syndrome. Yes. One of um, the statements that I come back to is 
the phrase, you are enough. And I love that. So from an imposter syndrome standpoint, I always feel like you are enough. No matter what is going on or someone puts this in your way or there's this roadblock or you're feeling like, I'm not enough today. I didn't do it good enough today. I failed this person. I upset this person. This person's not happy. Whatever it might be, it's like, okay, you know, you are enough. Tomorrow is a new day. And as long as we're moving forward and being better, I feel. But you can't rest on your laurels just saying, I'm enough. Yep. When, okay, maybe you're. (laughs) (laughs) So that might sound bipolar, but like you do, it's really working on on, on improving improving yourself. Yes. (laughs) A woman leader. Would you love to be You know, somebody who I, I'm, I'm slowly working my way through her uh, biography right now, but that is Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that it's a, book about her life and learning that she went through so much she became an orphan at a young age she just went through a really rocky first couple chapters of her life and she became almost the sitting president in a way and 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 so that is a person i would love to have a conversation with who's a strong woman in your own life who you admire my mom your mom. One. Mm-hmm. She is the most energetic, charismatic person. And she taught me the power of how a little positivity and a little kindness can just change a person's day. And I would say she also taught me that when you give and you give and you give that energy, you have to make time to replenish it and recharge yourself. Mm-hmm. And I see her and she just can light up a room. And I admire her so much for that. And she can make a person's day, whether it's a cashier at our supermarket or superstore, something like that. But she just has a way with people and I admire that. And I hope if I get anything from her, it's that. I think that's beautiful. That's really, that's beautiful. And instilling kindness and positivity in your children. I mean, that is like, if we can give anything else, that might be enough to, to do that. So you talked about things can drain your energy as well. Like when you are that on all the time, Mm -hmm. that positive, sometimes it always doesn't reflect in ourselves. um, So we don't always feel that inside, Mm -hmm. even though we're putting that on the outside. So what might you be doing for yourself in your own life? How do you replenish your energy? How do you help keep help keep your vision clear, if you would? Absolutely. Uh, one thing for me is I've definitely learned a lesson of how to recharge, replenish, fill your cup back up. And I've definitely experienced burnout in my own way. And getter, you're going to like, if you don't recharge to take care of yourself, you're going to get you will burn out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I've learned that for my best self, I have to at least move around a little bit, whether that's a walk, whether that's a little exercise. I have to eat healthier or at least not drink alcohol every day. I have to cut back on that. I also need to be consuming, whether that's food, whether that's social media, podcasts. I need to consume more positive things. Mm 
I need a little bit of reading time before I go to bed. I mean, those are just really simple things that I've learned. If I do that, I'm my best self. Mm-hmm. But I, I love this question too. And so can I hear your answer to that question? I mean, how are you how are you your best self? How do you take care of yourself? Turning this podcast on. No, but I'm curious about it right now for you. <laughs> you know, my my best self is is finding those moments where, um, you know, my mind can clear. I don't necessarily need to be thinking of, or I can't think about something else. So when I am active, when I am outside in nature and I get to do both of those at the same time, that's awesome like that for me is is just kind of my piece if i'm if i can't have that if i get my workout in at home i I, that's that's good and it's fun that's also the time where my brain works the best Mm. so that's where you come up with solutions that's where you come up with some of these or like new thoughts on marketing or how do we solve this puzzle Mm -hmm. piece that's where that clarity starts to come for me are in those moments but interestingly some of my favorite mental um, diversion time. I, I, it sounds kind of bad, like I'm trying to mentally divert, but it's my ways, my brain's way of mm-hmm. of relaxing and resetting is actually being active. Yes. Um, but like, you know, if I go on a hike, it's like sometimes you are doing something that's so difficult or so like that's you have to you have to really focus that you don't get to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And and those are those beautiful moments for me to reset. And so if I have that one thing. Mm-hmm. For that one hour of that one day, I can pretty much handle almost anything. Mm-hmm. I think, and good sleep and good food and you know, good liquids. So you have to feed the body, the mind, um, the soul. You have to. I think each one of those is important in helping. You know, might not get them every day, but how are you going to make time for it? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. You're <laughs> That will be the last question I turn back on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, you're so sweet. So how do you feel most entrepreneurs fail at self? Yeah, you've worked with a lot of, of amazing women and a lot of ways amazing women entrepreneurs. How do you feel that they fail? I know we just talked about self-care, but I would also say balance in terms of business, family, self-care and the prioritization of those things. And I think balance is BS. I think you go through different seasons of life. Because I agree. I don't think you'll ever find a perfect mix of things. I think it's very seasonal, whether it's with the weather seasons, whether it's with uh, the school, uh, schools, education season, uh, business season. I think you are going to have to find what those are. And so seeing women in business ownership, you have to have the discussion if there's a family involved, if there's a partner involved. And I've had a couple conversations with women and I've learned I've had to keep a Kleenex box on my desk because they might start with talking about their business and just completely unload, but they'll talk about, hey, my husband said he would help out with this business more and he hasn't come through or mm-hmm. my sister is in this business with me but she made a decision that she can't do this because she's pregnant and it's very interesting with the dynamic of being a woman and being a caretaker and at this point many women are still hosting 
and carrying the load of taking mm-hmm. care of a house. I think mm-hmm. the balance is BS, but how are you prioritizing the business, your family, and yourself? So do you have any idea? This is a, I have no data or thoughts on this. Do you think businesses fail because of financial reasons? And I don't want to say fail, but, or do you feel like they they move on because of not being able to manage that balance? I think that's usually what it comes down to. And I, I don't want to use, I feel bad using the word, word failure, but it might just be different decisions for mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wish I knew the statistics off the top of my head for why a business might close and I don't have that and I and I haven't been in this position long enough to speak to that Mm. and maybe that's a good thing right now but I have had a conversation to where we'll meet one-on-one with women and we count it as a success if they do find out hey we've had four I mean here's an example there's a gal who I've met with maybe over the past four or five months. And she has exactly what she wants to do as her business. She has her business plan. She wants to do this really interesting, unique business idea in South Dakota. But she's meeting a really big roadblock with a couple really important things. And she just got married. And she said, I don't have time for this anymore. And so to me, that's still a success because she made the decision herself. She hadn't put any huge investments into it. She didn't take out a huge loan on it quite yet. And I would love to, and I hope she comes back to bring this really cool idea. She might actually come back. Yeah. But it has invested a lot of time and mental energy, which you can't ever take away. Yes. And so... To me, that's a success in a way of, hey, she's recognizing that she needs a pause on it, but I hope she comes back. I really do. And I've actually had quite a few conversations about, is this a business or is this a nonprofit? Hmm. And that's because I found that a lot of people come forward with a heart for service and a heart for helping and seeing their product, their service, their business as something that can really change a person's life. And they don't even think about, hey, I'm going to make a million dollars off of this idea or my business. They say, okay, I want to keep the lights on and I want to pay myself. But they come heart forward. And sometimes I have to be the person of, hey, how are you going to, how are you going to make money? How are you going to keep the lights on? It's so interesting. I want to I want to give this way, but at the end of the day, even nonprofits have a business to run. Yes, yes, or they're financially not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's a reason too. Some folks have a tough time, or some women have a tough time. They just think about the heart. I want to, which is you know, that's gonna again. I don't want to sound heartless. (laughs) Looking at that method versus like I've still got a business to run. Yes, and and rent to pay and payroll to meet and HR issues to deal with and, you know, then the water leaks and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What qualities of a leader, you've run into many leaders and some amazing people in your your time here um, in Sioux Falls, downtown Sioux Falls, and your current role, as well as I'm sure in college and growing up. What are some of the qualities of a leader or a CEO, business owner that you admire? Like these 
this is the quality that I want to like achieve and strive to. Mm-hmm. What do you admire in a leader? I admire a person who has very open communication, who is very honest about things. And I would say with honesty comes some vulnerability of, hey, we're doing this, but I'm not sure. I don't know how to do X, Y, Z thing. Who can help out with this aspect? Or this is going on and we need help with X, Y, Z. And I think that ties into that honesty and vulnerability. I also really admire people who can have a vision or have a really, really big idea. I think I get caught up in that tunnel vision of, hey, what are we doing for the next couple years? And I would, I want to know how people see the really big ideas. Tell me how you can see a vision of 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. Well, if you I, can have someone who can help me figure that out, please give uh, please please give me my or give my name to them or vice versa. So I think I think that is such an amazing talent, and I just I admire that with folks who can see that far. And I don't, and I'm not sure exactly what it takes to get to that knowledge. If it's you learn a lot of different things are going on. I I, I don't know. I think I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Whether that's development, that or... is a that is a distinct type of of personality or genius, if I would. In every business, there's usually this visionary, yes, and the visionary is not always good at the follow through. Or, or you know, so there's there's an interesting book as the six types of working genius. I believe mm-hmm. that's the name, but in that there are those people that are that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you still need the person who's like, okay, but how do we get it done? And relying on that. So it was interesting that you said you like when people say they don't know how to do things and let's get this done, that humility that like, mm-hmm. hey, we all need to come in because I don't know everything versus I love the person who has the big idea who says, let's go run and get this done. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how do you make those two? How do yeah. you make those two uh, connect mm-hmm. um, with, with, one, with one leader? But I think leaders, you know, with that humility and being humble and, and open, transparent, that's... Yeah. Plus have that vision to run your organization. So those are mm-hmm. that's a, a good leader indeed, I would agree. Any other advice that you'd give to someone looking to start a business? Mm. What would your the advice two things, to them? The two things I look for in a business owner is number one, again, it's a business. So are you filling a gap of service? Is your product filling a gap? It, what problem are you solving? That's what a good business comes down to. Mm-hmm. And then number two is grit. Do you have the grit to stand up to those really tough conversations, to those really tough times? Do you have the grit to learn things? you have the grit to face uncertainty? I mean, a pandemic. So that. There's a lot of times like mm-hmm. you don't know what your grit is sometimes until you have to get dirty. Ooh. You know, you don't know what your your tenacity can be. Mm-hmm. If you're afraid of that and you never have to, then you just say, oh, I'm, I just don't ever want to face that. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you really got it? Ooh. I don't know how to answer that. Do you? Yeah, I think, I think you find that grit when you, when you find yourself leaning into those situations or mm-hmm. constantly asking questions of, 
can things be better? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is that delusion. Crisis, can things be better? Hey, okay. See, or maybe it's a little bit of that delusion of, hey, I, that can't be that hard. I think I can do that. I think there's some people who say, that can't be that hard. I can do it. And, you know, that's a have to be a little naive sometimes going into your person's mess. And and that, I think, comes with that positivity, too, of, hey, things are going to be tough, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Uh, I think one thing, too, is, yeah, talking about grit and leaning into yeah. things and being curious. It's just, that's what life's about. Life's about growing. Mm-hmm. And I think the earlier you learn that, and it sounds like you have been set up to you know, I don't want to say that you've been, uh, well, you've been set up to think that way. Or have you been? I think you have. Some people have just, been, they're their parents and have set them up for that. And some people just do that naturally. But mm-hmm. it sounds like you, you're on your way to also be able to learn. You've got that maturity. You've got that grit. Challenges are okay. How many people your age are like, Oh God, I don't want to do that. They don't. They don't want to face that. So I also don't know that they'll be as successful in the way we might define success uh, for taking you where you want to go. Yeah. And like, hey, I'm responsible to get me get myself. There. Yes, yes. And I think defining success that could be a whole nother conversation a whole nother too. Conversation, right? And I hope people really look into their own heart and their own soul of what is success to me. And honestly. I'm still figuring that out for me, but what success is to me is I love being part of this community and finding people who I know I can lean on in tough times. I mean, we had we had a pandemic and people really helped each other out with that. Mm-hmm. And I saw some tough parts of humanity, but some really good things. And I'm really proud to be from around here. And I love walking around and knowing folks and oh my gosh getting to have this conversation with you I've known you for a long time I love being able to do things like this and being able to feel like success is making progress and improving the world and I like the quote thinking about leadership is planting a seed have you heard this one planting a seed even though planting a seed for a tree even though you might not sit under that shade you're setting on somebody else up for success in the future that you might never personally see yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's success. That is that is a wonderful definition of success. Speaking of that, how does that kind of tailor into um, potential passion for volunteering? Mm-hmm. You've got a passion for that as well. How does that come into your world? Well, for the past couple years, I think volunteering to me meant helping folks out if they just needed a little help with the activities that they had going on. So I was really helping friends doing really cool things in their missions, in their jobs, in their organizations. So I'm talking about maybe working a sign-in table at an event or helping uh, hold a couple signs for uh, the Skedaddle Marathon and I think people have a definition of volunteerism as one thing you do every single Wednesday night and you have to be there and it's really tough, it's really heavy, but I think volunteering, it really taps into 
what you get passionate about. And I've been able to meet so many great people. I think people underestimate volunteering as a networking opportunity and getting to meet with folks, but it's really about what sets your soul on fire. And I have just seen so many amazing things happen across the community. And so being able to be a part of that, that's what I love volunteering for is to be part, to feel like I've been a part of all these little great successes and all these great little events or missions or organizations. So my favorite thing to do is probably volunteer at sign-in tables. So you okay. know, I love sign-in tables because it's probably one of the really good at sign-in tables. <laughs> uh, the easiest to do because they just give you a list and say, here, just check people off what they come in and you get a little face-to-face time. You get to meet people. You get to say, oh, hi, friend. I haven't seen you in a while. Come on in. Welcome to this event. And first space they get to see about how awesome that event's going to be. Yes. So that is probably my favorite volunteering opportunity Um, outside of just other things like, you know, this weekend is the uh, Big Sioux River cleanup, you know, getting outside, cleaning up the river, things like that. Um, So I find joy in trying a lot of different volunteering opportunities. I love it. Well, thank you for uh, being a being a part of so many different things within our community for your friends, family, um, and our our city and state that way. Um, those are goals. I, I hear you have another goal this year, another goal of um, something to do with gift cards. Yes. What was goal about gift cards? Okay. Can, well, can we help you like maximize the goals. <laughs> yes, please. Happy to come. Please to help me. Um. Well, okay. I might ask this question back to you, but my goals have been. This year, two things. One is to read a little bit more. And so every night I seriously just read a couple pages in my book. It's not really intense, but I just read a little bit before I go to bed. And my other one is gift cards. So I am a gift card hoarder. I don't know about you, but I still have gift cards from years ago. So I said this year, 2023 is the year I'm spending all of them. So whether it's boutiques or wine shops or restaurants i'm spending them this year <laughs> uh, i do have another few so if you want to take me along with one of your gift cards i'll bring you along with yes okay there we go so that's, that's awesome how many gift cards do you have i am not even gonna count them i'm not even gonna mentally count them i bet i probably like paired plan of like checklist like i've done this i've achieved this i don't right now but if we get closer to the end of the year and I'm not making more progress, I probably will have to create a little strategy around how to spend these gift cards. Do you make annual goals or? I don't tend to make annual goals. I, how do I want to say this? I do have my word of the year. So I have the, the word of the year. Do you have a word of the year? I have. For the last couple of years, I have. And to be completely on- honest, I forget by like the third month. But this year, I'm remembering it. Okay, it's on it? my phone as a screensaver. It's bloom. 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 What are What's you hoping it? to do with the bloom? Blooming to me means that in this chapter of life right now, I am growing a lot. And in this year, I want to make sure that I am planted, rooted. I am giving myself nutrients. I am really 
seeing myself grow and then I'll be blooming by the end of the year. That's a beautiful visual as well as a beautiful word to use. What was your word? My word? I want to talk more about your word. Okay. Okay. Is being um, proactive. So Mm -hmm. the word for this this year is proactive. I'm tired of being reactive to many things that happen in life, work, business. And I'm like, how can I be as proactive as possible to um, set myself up and my business up for success? Oof. So that's maybe that'll be my word next. I will say sun. But for right now, I think that's a that's my good word. Sure. It's a good word. Well, thank you, uh, Sadie, so much for spending some time with us. Share a little about who you are, how you live your day, the values that guide you. And yes, what you do is important, but the why behind, you know, what you do is even more important. So I expect amazing things from you um, as life goes on. And I can't wait to interact with you more and see you. Maybe I'll work with you at one of the sign-in tables. I hope so. Yes, let me know. And spending gift cards. Spending gift cards, you're on. (laughs) You're on. I've got some food. If you've got other things to do, I've got lots of food. Let's do it. Let's go. Cheers to that. So much for having uh, us today with a fabulous podcast and uh, telling our listeners your own art of seeing clearly. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.